Hey everybody, uh, this podcast is going to be split into two parts. I'm joined by Max, uh, as always, but I have two distinguished guests. The first one is Seb Ostrovitz. Uh, Seb is the showrunner and the, the face behind uh, Weightlifting House. If you don't know what Weightlifting House is, it's probably the biggest fixture in media surrounding the sport of weightlifting. So if you want to see more of his stuff, definitely check out weightliftinghouse.com or you can go to his YouTube channel, Weightlifting House, um, or his podcast, which is a really good podcast. Max and Gabriel and I have all been on that. Um, also joining us is Gabriel Sincrayan. Now, Gabriel is a longtime elite weightlifter who's now currently retired. In the first part of this, we talk about his career, we talk about technique, we talk about training, and then in the second part, we talk about uh, his dealing with performance and performance-enhancing drugs, doping control, um, and we talk about his sanctions that he received. More, most specifically, the one around the 2016 Rio Olympic Games, where he was stripped of his bronze medal. So that's it. That's the introduction. Let's get started with the show. So, Gabriel, I'm. Have have you seen much on the McLaren report that had come out? Do you know much about it? Yeah, I was seeing uh, online. I was seeing uh, from Holding Gym uh, website yep. because they had their uh, translation, and I was seeing something, but I was not uh, completely. Told, uh, I was not uh, reading almost everything. So, for for those of you guys listening, Max and I have discussed this a lot. Seb, you've discussed it a ton on your podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked a lot about this on Seek a Strength. Um, you and I, Seb, both have. I've made a YouTube video on this. Um, but just like in for for brevity's sake, the McLaren report was a 120-page document. That was it. The IWF hired an, a private company. Or, okay, yeah. so so. Um, they, they hired the private investigator to go in and um, essentially find out what exactly was happening uh, at the highest level of the IWF with Thomas Ayan um, and, and the corruption that occurred. So this is a big document and it talks a lot about the money that exchanged hands and a lot of the corruption. But something that I found was interesting and again, this is not as documented, but it was Shaheen Nasserinya's story, which uh, Gabriel, I'm not sure you're completely aware of, but he also was a middleweight. Um, and he uh, basically said that the Iranian Federation at the time was unable to pay um, Ayan the money necessary to pass the results, pass the drug tests. Now, Seb, Max, and I, and and yourself, we are well aware of the drug use in weightlifting. Um, but the and that's an issue in and itself. But the the main thing that I want to know from you was what was your experience uh, around the corruption? At, at least, and and you had briefly spoken to me about this off of the podcast uh, that that you felt that corruption um, after the Rio Olympics. Um, could you 
could could you walk us through that experience at least in Rio? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so uh, when I started the uh, when you when you are uh, in the team for Olympics, it's uh, way more. Uh, it's like uh, with uh, I don't know exactly with uh, six months ahead or something like that, and we had the contract to sign. And there are some rules that they saying that that you need to respect, and they will respect also with anti-doping and almost uh, other stuffs. And in that uh, in that uh, thing, it's that you need to be tested two times before Olympics uh, in trainings, and I was tested uh, three times before Olympics in trainings. Uh, one time I, I was uh, right before I was flying. Uh, from Romania was uh, I was flying Saturday and uh, the test was uh, Friday right right the day before and also what they say there it's that they will give the results in 48 hours the results from competition when they take the anti-doping there so I was reaching there I was uh, given a free free tested I was tested three times before competition and I was having no problem because I was reaching there at competition and uh, I was uh, staying there five days before I think or four days. I don't know I reached or six, uh, six August or seven and I was uh, competed. I was given the, the, the test right, af uh, right after competition. And uh, I was uh, staying there until, uh, I think, uh, until 19 August. And I was uh, having no, no problem because uh, as the contract was, uh, they, they were supposed to give me the results in 48 hours. So I was receiving the, the results in 22 August after 10 days. And they say they might uh, reach some some problems uh, with my with my with my uh, with my anti-doping result. And uh, this is strange because uh, normally, if they say that they give the results after 48 hours, why they don't give me the results then, and to remove me from uh, Olympic Village? because I stayed there until 19 August, seven days after I was competing. And uh, this was uh, something strange. And uh, another thing, right, uh, right uh, after I was competing, I was taking third place. I was uh, surprised because no one expected to, to take uh, third place. And uh, in, the, in the training hall, they made their... Uh, the training hall they made their uh, platform with some numbers one two three and uh, Kianoj was uh, on first one uh, China second one me third one and uh, Ayan was uh, uh, there in the training hall and was uh, shaking hands with uh, uh, Kianoj with Tian Tao and with Denis Ulanov what was uh, fourth place and he was not coming at me at all wow yeah. Wait. So, 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 Ion. Okay. So, 
So Ayan um, went after, so was this, so this was after you had already competed? After, after competition when yes. I had. Wow. When and this I was, was in the uh, back, you said in the training hall? Yeah, because in, in training hall, they, they met there the one, two, three places on the ground. And they was preparing for, uh, for uh, Olympic ceremony. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. And uh, Ayan was uh, coming back then in the uh, training hall. And oh, the, the warm-up. The warm-up. The warm-up. Yeah, okay. The warm -up okay. So, okay. So in the warm-up room, you guys were lined up, ready to go for the ceremony. And Ayan, what did you, so Ayan went and shook Kianush Rustami, and, uh, who's Iranian, yeah, uh, yeah. Tiantao, who's Chinese, and Denis Ulanov, who is Kazakhstan. Yeah. And then and, and, he was uh, on fourth place. And he was in fourth place. Did you, th I mean, obviously to me, that sounds incredibly deliberate. And knowing Ion and the piece of shit that he was, that was a deliberate move. Did you see, did, did you have that sense like of legitimately that he was overlooking you? Did it look purposeful when he did that? No, but uh, right there, I was uh, not, uh, I was not. Uh, needed to come him to come to shake my hand but uh, I was uh, putting all this together after I was suspended right by then I was uh, so happy about my third place because uh, this was my goal was uh, to win a Olympic medal to take a medal and I was so happy and they don't give a shit because uh, was not coming to shake hand with me mm -hmm. because I was uh, waited to take my medal from the right yeah. So do you think that there's a chance that, you know, now that we know that basically people were able to buy, to some extent, they were able to buy positioning through through Ayan, like Zach, you've mentioned about Shaheen having to be involved in some of this. And we know that from the McLaren report, some people or some countries were buying to pass tests. Do you think that Kazakhstan had been involved maybe with Ayan in some way where they had basically said we we really want Dennis to get that bronze medal because, I mean, he was in good shape. And since then, his clean and jerking has been like 30 kilos, 40 kilos less. Do you think they had bought favor with Ian? Yeah, it could be possible, this one, because uh, from what I heard uh, in Kazakhstan, when they win uh, Olympic medal or, with, or, or with the, when they win uh, some big medals like a world championship, they get a lot of money. Mm -hmm. They have a they have a very good uh, price. They pay the the country. They pay they pay the athletes, the coaches with a lot of money, and possible I don't know millions of dollars. I was hearing, and when you win that uh, so much money, it could be possible to to give uh, a part of the money to have some benefits on in competition, and it's something normal. But uh, I don't uh, know this one for sure. It's only for what I heard and online and what it's speaking all now with. Mm. For example, in Romania, the prices are very, very small. You cannot, uh, you cannot pay that uh, much, that uh, amount of money. I was saying the guy from, from Zach videos uh, from Iran. That was mm -hmm. supposed to pay four hundred thousand dollars. In Romania, you, if you win Olympics, you get one hundred thousand. Yeah, it's like the U.S. Yeah. And, uh, um, 
the money so, are too less. So I guess the, the question kind of comes that, that I think is comes down to or that I think it's a lot of our viewers probably want to know is it seems like it's it's apparent that everybody is I mean it's pretty obvious many many countries are doping we see that with the results that you know from from stories and from training with these people and knowing these people and, and being in that you know that arena for long enough but the bigger question is really the corruption where uh you know if if everybody you know putting putting aside ethics if everybody is taking is doping then the playing field is theoretically level right if everyone's doping then we all have an equal chance because you know no one is doing some kind of there's there's no doping that's necessarily that much better than any other doping um but when you get into a situation where even with the doping you know you could meddle and potentially just have it stripped from you uh you know do you think that the bigger problem or i guess what do you feel is the bigger problem there the corruption that exists or or the doping itself uh, i don't know how i don't know exactly what is there because uh, before i was uh, before olympics uh, i was uh, not believed that uh, this is possible to other countries to take uh, to give money and to pass uh, doping control and to even to compete with uh, with uh, problems and something like that but i think uh, the problem it will be uh, all the time when the money are in the game because uh, yeah. they do this one for the money and uh, when I was suspended, I was uh, getting a $5,000 uh, fee myself and $100,000 the the country, the Romania. Oof. And uh, they do this, uh, they suspend people, they get money, they all all this uh, this uh, game is from for the money. And, and, and when the money are in the place, uh, they will be all the time people who who will try to cheat or who will try to not to cheat to 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 game some to bribe someone to 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 pass some test or to to be a bit uh, keeper how it's say in english uh, when you try to uh, i don't know exactly pa pass the test or yeah yeah when you want to pass the test or to pass the, some competition test and when you have problem mm. and as I think, and I, I could have read this wrong, but that $100,000 literally went directly into Ion's pocket. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think like that, and I could be wrong. Do you, is that true, Seb? Like the, I couldn't, the thing is the McLaren report's 120 pages and I'm not mm. going to sit there and read a book, right? Um, but it, there is... $10.4 million that was exchanged or something. And then there's some other amount of money that was in limbo that, that, that uh, the McLaren report is almost sure that there's a lot more money that exchanged hands. But Seb, did that, mm. did, did those sanctions, did those, did that money go directly to this asshole's pocket into some <laughs> offshore bank or some Swiss bank? I know that some of it definitely did. I mean, 
you know, there's, was... a, there's a story within it of those Armenian coaches and they said, Ayan said to them, if you don't pay me a hundred grand, Team Armenia will be popped for the 2016 Olympics and you needed to pay it to me in cash in person. So it's not yeah. like it was transferred into the IWF account. They literally drove four of them, 25 grand each <laughs> in separate just... cars to him yeah. and delivered he it went... in person. He went home and stuffed it under his mattress. There's, right. there's $10 million in cash under Ion's mattress. Well, <laughs> so I guess, you know, Ion has to pay a few people off, though. So it would go to him and then he would have to pay people with it. But, but not many. Yeah. Because but, he, like, he hired his family members to be yeah. the accountants. And he hired people who were like, like mentally, you know, not there to be the accountants so that they weren't smart enough to work out what was happening with the books. Like he put people in positions so they couldn't, you know, they couldn't interfere he with them. Took his taxes to H&R Block and uh, right. had them fill it out. So Gabriel, it, it's apparent that the, the world around weightlifting, at least until hopefully this point, you know, we, we saw it with cycling, right? Like with, with bike, with, um, bike racing cycling um that and the the recent documentary with lance armstrong covers it the entire field was on drugs in the tour de france every single person in it um and and if they weren't on drugs they would have been miles behind or kilometers behind uh the last place person like physiologically they were explaining that it is actually impossible to keep up with that group. Do you feel as if it is possible now to have a majority of a clean field in weightlifting? Uh, a clean, like most of the weightlifters are either clean or they're able to pass tests without worrying about corruption. Do you feel like that's possible or you know, I, I'm curious just to know what your mindset around doping was. Was it something that you had to do? I think uh, it's possible to to win medals uh, uh, when you are at competition to be clean, to don't have anything uh, when you when you give the anti-doping sample to be clean. But uh, to reach there, to reach at this level, and I think. Uh, it's uh, very hard to reach there clean because uh, uh, things uh, happen uh, much faster than competition and i think uh, all that uh, is all people that are in this they know this because before before competition almost athletes that win medals they have some secrets they use something and when the competition approach they they could be clean and they could uh, win gold medals and something, but uh, to reach there, you need to, you need to, you need to use something, and you need uh, almost uh, every every lifters. And I think in all sports that uh, you need strength, power, or endurance, all they use something. All countries they have uh, their secrets. I don't know. They have some secret pills or something, but. Uh, it's uh, very hard to reach there to don't use anything from start to, to finish. 
And that's like exactly what Pizarenko said. He said he thinks it's possible to win a medal and be clean at the point that you win the medal, but it's impossible to go through the training to win a medal being clean at the highest level. And that was like, you know, early 1980s. Um, But one of the things I was wondering is, you know, at the point that you were taking some sort of drugs and you were being tested, what did you think was happening? Like, were you always clean when you took a test or did you think that you were being given something that was undetectable or did you know that money was involved? Like, what did you think was happening when you were passing tests? Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, when you are, uh, right before was, uh, I was speaking here, uh, right uh, before Olympics, we was, uh, so much tested that uh, was impossible to take something because mm-hmm. uh, was a very short time and uh, the doping controls was uh, coming like uh, every three weeks and uh, then you you cannot uh, use anything you you only use uh, normal stuff or if you use and uh, if you don't uh, if you skip uh, doping control you 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 will have uh, problems because they don't let you to to compete in the olympics and you don't uh, uh, you cannot uh, take uh, this risk i don't know how other countries was uh, proceed and uh, I, I was uh, seeing also on that uh, uh, mclaren report that uh, lasha talahatsi was uh, not uh, given any controls from mm-hmm. 2015 but it was uh, it was uh, not tested in trainings. I don't know how he was presented to Olympics, because before Olympics you you needed at least uh, two two doping controls outside of outside of competition. Do you do you think that uh, other countries? Or I guess the question is like in in Romania versus other countries, there are there's less organization from within like where is it is it a system of like every kind of every lifter is kind of on their own with the doping is sort of figured out for themselves versus other countries that maybe are more organized maybe like china or something where there's there's more control or advice given from from the country itself uh i don't think there are uh, for for their own um, I don't think, I think uh, because uh, you cannot uh, make things for like, uh, I don't know, to train by yourself and to do things by yourself. I think they are all there like a team and they all know what they're doing there. But uh, this is, uh, this is uh, very interesting because uh, from uh, from when when I was uh, suspended first time in 2013, I was uh, I was having in the I was uh, ha- I was in that period I was uh, off season, I was in vac in vacation in summer, at the sea in Constanza, and I was staying there three weeks. And I was uh, uh, when I was coming back, I was. Uh, uh, I was tested because I was uh, preparing. I was starting preparation for World Championship in 2013, and 
I was uh, giving the test, was everything okay, was uh, not a single problem. And when I was uh, uh, trying to sign to the world championship, when the federation, they send the papers to uh, sign me in 85 categories, was uh, receiving a response that uh, I cannot uh, sign because I am suspended. Mm -hmm. uh, and the uh, doping uh, with four months before was uh, a tested sample. And uh, normally here also you need to take your to take your uh, to take your test after 14 days, I think, when you have a outside uh, when you have a doping outside of competition. And I was uh, having received the results after three months. And I, I don't know how this work or uh, or who was uh, making this or maybe was uh, having something with Romanians, I don't know, but uh, with other countries, but uh, it's not right. Mm -hmm. and, so how uh, do you, yeah, go on. No, say. How do you feel personally about doping? Like at the point of you being an elite athlete, did you just think, everybody is on drugs so morally it's fine for me to take drugs or was there something in the back of your mind that thought there are some people who don't or they can't and i'm cheating or does that or just cheating not feel like part of it because everybody does it uh, in order to this is the this is a, a very interesting because uh, all the people think that uh, if you take something, you will reach very high, but this is very wrong. And uh, I was seeing lifter that they was using a lot of stuff and they was uh, not capable to do clean and jerk closely to my snatch. And uh, this is very important because when you start the preparation and all athletes that you see now that they are taking medals and are uh, over 25 years, they was not using anything when when they was younger, when they was young, because mm -hmm. if you start using from a young age, it will be hard to maintain that uh, results over the time. And uh, this is very important. You need to to think uh, like a weightlifter, like an athlete. You need to think that uh, you need to train a lot and. Uh, you need to make good things, not to think that uh, I need only to take something to win medals or I cannot win medals because other countries take something and I cannot take that and I will cannot beat them. If you think like that, it will be, you will be losing from the beginning. So it's, it's more about the, the drug use is a last result. I mean, last resort. You, yeah, exactly. You, yeah. Max, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, I mean, that makes, that makes sense. Do you feel like, uh, I guess, the, the argument that people in the West make in the United States that's common is that the, you know, uh, the people in the U.S. for the most part, the, the, the top lifters here, um, you know, are, are tested very, very aggressively. I think Kendrick Ferris in his entire career 
had 141 drug tests. 21, 121, yeah. 121. And there's, is, there's lifters that get tested every month, maybe twice a month, um, maybe more often than that. Um, and so their argument is that, you know, that countries that anyone that's using drugs wouldn't be able to lift the weights they're lifting without the drugs. And so they would potentially lose to somebody who's never taken drugs. And so I guess, you know, getting, getting your opinion on that. The, the, that's, I guess that's one argument is that, you know, if, if everybody didn't take any drugs, that the people that are currently taking drugs wouldn't be able to beat some of the lifters that exist now versus, you know, the other argument, which is that if everybody didn't take drugs, this, the best lifters would still be the best, mm. right? That the people that won would still be the ones that, that you know, were going to win anyways. I guess, you know, you, your experience, I think, and your opinion is very valid because you, you know, you, you've been involved in it at the top, highest level. So I, I guess think in these cases, if you are taking to take something or to not take something, uh, it will be it will win all the time the athlete who was uh, growing with a perfect uh, preparation from the young mm -hmm. age because if you build your uh, a good a good base of training and you was uh, <clears throat> having some good qualities and you have some uh, good uh, things about how should be a athlete to be and uh, you respect this one i think uh, this type of athlete it will be it will be winning all the time because right. it's uh, not all the time of drugs because like i said there are athletes that are using a lot and then they don't uh, mm -hmm. lift anything because to pass some weights to pass for example to pass in category uh, 85 to, pa to pass uh, over 210 at clean and jerk it's a mind game yeah because you can take, uh, for example, I don't know, uh, a lifter that has, has now 190 and uh, give me anything, uh, every drug you want, it will not have a 100% that he lifts uh, over 210. Because this one, uh, it will take, I don't know, from you, because uh, if it was uh, that easy, all the athletes was uh, supposed to lift in training a lot of weights and to lift the world records and something like that. Yeah. But, uh, this Shaheen, is important. Shaheen Nasserini actually told me a story about that kind of thing. When, when in Iran, the first guy to ever clean and jerk 200 kilos, no, no one had done 200 kilo clean and jerk. And they, they had good coaches and they were training hard and, and they even had drugs but still nobody could do 200. And, and it was like this barrier, this, this imaginary barrier that no one could break over. And then as soon as somebody did the, two, the first 200 kilo clean and jerk, then everybody started doing it. And it just became this, this thing. They all believed they could do it. And then the numbers obviously have, have gone up quite a bit from there. So it's very interesting to hear that, that same thing echoed in what you're saying where you know, a lot of it is the mental, the mental game. I guess the, the final question for me or the final thought would be, and the argument a lot of people make is, 
if if we believe that the best lifters would still win if they weren't on drugs, what is everyone's opinion of Ilya Illin? Because he was, you know, he was the absolute best by, you know, ever. And, and still, in my opinion, one of the best ever, but he didn't seem to have the ability to come back. And, you know, there's a lot of factors there, but he didn't have the ability to come back even to basically clean and jerk what he was snatching. Um, you know, he lost weight and everything, but it's, it's a, I yeah. think people point to that as like, yeah, there's evidence to say that he was, you know, he was mostly drugs. Um, not, not my words, but. Normally here, uh, he was, uh, he was uh, very good at beginning. And yeah. after that, uh, after uh, 2014 or 2015, when he, he had this ban and mm-hmm. he was done in 246, and after that, uh, he was uh, having that pause in training when he had problem with uh, suspension from 2008 and 2012, and he yeah. was uh, forbidden to compete in 2016. He was uh, the end of uh, his career. Yeah. And uh, in this, uh, when you reach there and everything it's taking, it's uh, shutting down what uh, everything you was achieve was right. uh, go. Uh, was lost uh maybe on i don't know i don't know him because i don't i don't speak uh, with him i yeah it's not end of my i was not speaking with him but i think uh he was uh maybe was not showing but uh he was uh, having some uh, serious problems serious uh, right. uh, thoughts about this one because it's uh, very hard uh, when you work like that and to lose everything and from there to come back uh you need uh you need much more uh much more power and much more uh how it say in english you need uh, you need uh, much more than at at the beginning in 2008 you need yeah, much yeah. more confidence to come back to win again right and i think he was uh, he was uh, renouncing and also he was uh, maybe also i don't know having some others problems i was hearing that he was some problem with family he was losting a lot of money yeah uh, he was uh, and all this was uh, was uh, was uh, was uh, not letting let him to to be back again to come back again and uh, what i was uh, another I was, it's uh, almost uh, my same age. And uh, when, when he was uh, uh, in 2006, when he was uh, winning first time the, uh, the world championship, was uh, having a, a very big jump. Was uh, mm-hmm. in 2005 or 2004 was lifting uh, way more, uh, way, was lifting like, uh, 180, I think something like that. And after that was uh, going directly to 216, 215, mm-hmm. something like right. that. And he was uh, pushing a lot when he was young. Yeah. Yeah, I know yeah. that with um, with Ilya, he he said that he, well, he lost a lot of money. He went through a tough divorce. He had injuries. Mm-hmm. He was at the end of his career and everything. But the thing that was interesting was he still had this um, addiction 
because I so Gabriel, I, I spent time with Ilya last year, mm. so I, I was with him for a long period of time. He still has this addiction to wanting to take in something that resembles a drug. Just it's like a it's like a oh, crutch. Wow. So before he competed, instead of taking uh, painkillers, he would want to inject painkillers or something like that, because it was similar to how it was during his career. Um, which is interesting because I think a lot of people just assume that you're always just, you know, taking pills or something like that. But sometimes it is as much as an injection. Um, sort of wondering if, you know, from your experience, was it something similar where athletes were maybe injected and then had repercussions later on in their life where they felt this need to administer something similarly? Or were they able to just let go of taking drugs as soon as they finish the sport and move on with their lives? Mm, no, I don't know. I don't understand uh, very well your question. Mm -hmm. But uh, another thing that I think uh, for Ilya it's, uh, is the thing that he was uh, winning all the time. And uh, he's an athlete that he don't know how to lose. Yeah. And this yeah. is very important because you need to know how to lose. And uh, this was also uh, something very important in his uh, end of his career when he was not able to come again. Yeah. Because he yeah. was knowing that he cannot win again to beat Mezzo and Tantau and other ones. And he was uh, not accepting this one and he was preferring to, I don't know, to don't lift anything. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I know how to lose. I'm, I'm pretty good at losing. So. Yeah, I'm good also to lose because uh, when I was young, I was uh, pretty bad at I was not taking any medals at junior, so I was losing all the time. Uh, five place, six, four, three. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Gabriel, what what was the protocol f in your experience with Romania around the use of drugs? What because, you know, there is no shot of, of beating Kianush Rostami, uh, of, of being there with Tiantau, being beating Ulanov, beating the rest of Kazakhstan without the use of drugs. I mean, right? I mean, essentially, the, to be involved, to want to win, there's no shot. Um, and the similar thing that I talked about before with Lance Armstrong and, and what was the process then? I mean, because you knew that there had to be uh, controls, doping controls. What, do, how much did you know then um, of how you were going to either pass controls or uh, what did you know and what didn't you know? Uh, I not I don't uh, want to speak about uh, Romanian like a team. Uh, I want to speak about myself, and uh, many people don't know. But uh, right before Olympics, I was uh, having a good trigger because uh, right then my mom was uh, having cancer, and uh, uh, I wanted to lift, to lift. I don't know, and. Before this one, when I was in 2014, 2013, when something was going bad in training, uh, 
how it say i was uh, uh, given given the that the training is not good that i have uh, pains that i have injuries and when i was uh, before olympics i wanted to lift and i was uh, i was not accepting anything and only do training okay um Max, do you have anything else or Seb, anything you're going to follow up with? Uh, I'm just kind of interested. And oh, I remember you telling me this when we did a podcast about a year ago. Uh, but it's just the sort of thing that I think everybody loves to know. What, during the build-up to 2016, were your best numbers in training? Because they were so incredible. You know, your snatches, your powers, your squats as well. Like, you hit some ridiculous lifts that, uh, if only they were all on film. I think a lot of them are, but... Uh, you, your, your form was uh, kind of sensational back in 2016. Yeah. Uh, I was doing uh, 183, 183 snatch uh, without straps. And uh, I was uh, clean and jerk 220, two times, two times or three times. Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, I was thinking that uh, with 300, with uh, 390, uh, I was uh, winning the Olympics. And I was doing uh, in training a lot, uh, 175 uh, with uh, 215, 290 mm-hmm. total. This was, and I was uh, not maxing out uh, because I was working at these weights and I tried to improve these weights to make them better and better. Yeah. And in the squats, yeah. I think you did something like a two, 260 front squat. Something like that. Yeah, right? before before uh, was uh, was that time uh, in 2016. I was uh, having that uh, perfect pre- preparation because I was not having any injuries. I was uh, not uh, I was uh, everything okay, and I was uh, uh, most important. I was very confident, and I was wanted to make the training. And even when the barbell was heavy, or when I was tired, or I don't know, I was something was not going well, I tried to complete the training and I, I was succeeded every time. That, uh, that five sets of two at 170 in the snatch sounds like one of the most, Im- maybe one of the most impressive numbers. That's a, a yeah. massive yeah. workout. Yeah, I thought I remembered you saying that you'd done, I could have just misremembered. I thought I remembered you saying you snatched 190. Yeah, but uh, I was notching uh, 190 in 2011. Oh, okay. So that was before. Wait, so how old were you in 2011? 23. 190. So the world record is 187 at the time. That's insane. Yeah. You're a good yeah, lifter, but, Gabriel. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was uh, I was lifting the lifted uh, uh, before 2012. Olympics when I was injured on my back I was uh, making in training 180 with 215 uh, before 2013 at world championship when I was uh, suspended I was doing in training uh, 185 uh, with uh, 215 something like that similar results uh, before Houston I was doing 180 with uh, 210 uh, and I was doing uh, these uh, weights uh, a lot of time, but uh, the preparation before competition was uh, not working so well. 
from many of my competition because I was staying too much time in maximal strength phase. And when the competition was coming, I was in, I was going down. That's interesting. Yeah. All right, guys. Because I, I, think... uh, I want uh, most of the people, uh, they think that I was uh, doing 2,217 uh, at the Olympics, but I was doing almost every year, but I was not. Uh, you weren't able to. To, right. to, to show in competition. Mm. I feel like that actually, that commonly happens. Um, I've actually done that myself, done better numbers in training. And then I didn't time the, the peaking properly. Like when you did that 217 a few months ago yeah. and then <laughs> yeah. in competition yeah. you did 170. Yeah. 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 No, I back squatted that one time. Yeah, I hate it when that life. happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, one thing I just saw very quickly is before, because I know we're probably going to wrap up. Gabriel, is there anything that you, you want to say to people from the UK and from the USA who maybe don't, you know, we've come from a very different background. You know, our relationship with drugs is very different to most of the world's relationship with drugs. Is there anything you kind of want to say to, to people listening? Yeah, I want to, to tell them because uh, it's, uh, it's uh, very bad uh, to think that uh, or to, to uh, I don't know how to pronounce this in English, to, to tell that you are not able to do something because other countries, they take drugs or, or everything. Mm -hmm. If you're starting like that, a preparation on something or, or in every sport you are, you, are, you will be a loser. Because you need, you don't need to think like that. You need to to think to train smart, to train uh, hard, and to if you hard working in training, the results it will come, in eventually. Because you will have your opportunity, even if you don't use anything or you don't make anything, your opportunity it will come, and then you will win. But if you start like uh, saying that I will not can beat. Uh, the guy from Romania or from Bulgaria because they're using or I cannot beat uh, the Russians because they have another background and they use uh, on uh, they use some drugs uh, it will be hard to to reach something and to do something in the sport because uh, most important it's uh, to train well to try to improve at uh, technique and to to work also your strength and after that if you start well you will you will win for sure gabriel where can where can people reach you where can people find your uh informations uh, on my website uh, gabrielsencram.com uh, or on my youtube channel it's same my name gabriel Sincran, or my instagram it's uh, same jason cran or gabriel Sincran. And can they message you on Instagram? Yeah, or... yeah. I, I receive a lot of messages on my Instagram, on my YouTube. Uh, I try to respond to many people as can. I make also on my Instagram uh, Q&As. And when I know something, I try to help people to share from my experience and to uh, improve their lives or to improve uh, in other parts of their training. Well, uh, I'm going to speak for Max and Seb and everyone listening. Thank you so, so much for coming on, man. We really, really do appreciate having you. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. Thank you.
And uh, everyone listening, thank you guys for paying attention. Um, if you want to see the, if you want to see us talk instead of listen, you can always watch our YouTube channel. Um, this this episode will be up there live uh, within the next week. But thank you guys for listening.